since it began in 1995. I would like to introduce to you an exciting and uniquely Irish performance. Riverdance has been seen by over 25 million people throughout 47 countries across six continents and played to a global television audience of over 3 billion. Now, experience Riverdance as never before as we go on a world tour from China well, I've, uh, finally landed here in Guangzhou to North America arrived in DC yesterday and back again to our hometown of Dublin Oh, you're at your own man Here from the producers I mean, I did think it had something special it had great potential The creative team I, I actually hated dancing that's the truth and of course the performers From a young age I've always felt that you know, I will be in Riverdance and I will be a lead dancer as They give you unique behind-the-scenes access Keep it to up. the past well present and future of this international phenomenon. This is Riverdance, the podcast. We're like a little I family. I just wasn't happy and I knew things weren't right. Very tired. We're in Cleveland. Oh, came off the phone she says they want you to join the trip and go to China. I was so happy and proud to be part of that. I began dancing when I was four years old. Oh, I'm emotional. And I'm just so honoured to be a part of it. Five, six, seven, eight... Hello, I'm Darren Casey, a dancer with Riverdance since 2008 and I'll be taking you on tour around the world, introducing you to the dancers, directors, producers and personalities of the show across this 10-part podcast series. On this episode, we're in Cleveland, Ohio and join Courtney D'Angelo for her Dancer's Diary Guide to her native state. Hi, this is Courtney D'Angelo. Plus, we hear from the Associate Director of Riverdance, former lead dancer, and someone who has performed over 5,500 times on the show, Porrick Moyles. I, I actually hated dancing. That's the truth. There was so much learning for me to do, even though I'd been in the show for 17 years. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, 50 years from now, I just want to be able to say, I was so happy and proud to be part of that. Porrick has now stepped back from performing, but explains his new role and how he is shaping Riverdance for the future. First though, let's join the tour as they leave Connecticut behind and spend a week in Cleveland, Ohio. We are in Cleveland, Ohio this week, which is pretty special for me because I'm actually from Ohio. So it's always nice when you're on tour and you're traveling to so many different cities to be able to come back to something that's familiar and kind of step away from all the travels and get to see some familiar faces and friends and family. There were a few dancers from my dance school that were in the audience Tuesday night and that's always an amazing feeling to get to dance for not only the people that I inspire but the people who inspire me. Like looking out into the audience and seeing dancers that I might teach in my dance class or dancers that I grew up dancing with is always so special and such an incredible, incredible feeling inside to know that I came from somewhere and now here I am and I'm just so thankful for all the people that keep me going and all the people that I get to see every day. Thursday was more of a walk around the city, did some sightseeing, grabbed a coffee and just enjoyed where we are. I walked around next to the lake. We're right by Lake Erie. So we walked up and down that. It was a bit windy. It's fun for me to be here and to show like my friends from all over the world where I come from in a city that's familiar to me and that I can almost call home. 
Overall, this has just been a fantastic week for me. And then we're on to the next city, on to the rest of the journey, on to the rest of the tour, and just many, many more adventures to come. Speaking of adventures, one person who has pretty much seen it all and for many is the living, breathing soul of Riverdance is Boric Moyles, the former lead dancer who has now stepped back from the stage and moved upstairs as associate director. I wanted to hear from Boric on the transition he has made to find out about his nearly 20 years of dancing with the show and to get his thoughts on how Riverdance is evolving and changing for the future. started dancing when I was three years of age for the O'Shea School here in Dublin and at the age of eight my family moved to New York and as quite often happens or is the case when you move away from home your culture becomes that much more important to you. My parents wanted to make sure that the Irish culture and everything about the Irish culture stayed true with us and they made sure that we played Gaelic football and played Irish music and continued to Irish dance. So when I went to New York, I started dancing for a lady named Patsy McLaughlin, and I danced for her for a couple of years and then made a move to Donnie Golden. And it was really with Donnie that I found a love and a passion for dance. I remember auditioning in Boston in early 97. Um, 1997 that is and I remember just taking a shot in the dark by going up there I cut school I remember the nerves I had I remember the amount of people that were there it was it was incredible because Riverdance had just kicked off and it was huge and everybody wanted to get in and eventually the letter came to the door a letter back then Darren not even an email yeah. yeah with a postage stamp on it and, and my mom was sitting at the kitchen table when I came home from school and she had the letter sitting with her and she opened it up and she was over the moon for me. She loved me dancing more than I loved dancing. In fact, I, I actually hated <laughs> dancing. That's the truth. I suppose all I wanted to do was play soccer. My dream was Manchester United. That's where I saw myself playing. Long story short, Darren, that was the beginning of my journey into Riverdance. I flew to London to join the cast. From there on out, I realized that I didn't just love dancing, I, I loved mm. performing. Performing mm. was my, my real passion. And dancing was an element of that performance. You joined the show, obviously, as troupe. You danced, you were doing your first tour. How quickly did you turn your focus to look at these guys out there each night, giving it, showing their talent, I want to be that guy? I can't honestly remember when that moment happened for me. I enjoyed the camaraderie we had. I enjoyed the onstage and offstage. And I did look at all those guys and say to myself that I'm lucky to be here. Mm. Um, well, I didn't do well in competition. I was lucky to be there and I wanted to make the most of it. And then I got a call that summer and they said, we're going to train you in. And I mean, that was just winning the lotto. Boric, you're now a fully-fledged member of the lead team of Riverdance Travelling Around the World. How many lead shows do you think you did in your career? That's hard to say, Darren. It really Thousands. is. I'd, I'd say I'm well over 8,000 anyway. Wow. I did 5,500 shows with the, with, the, with the show while I was here. So I'm definitely well over that thousand of being wow. a lead. Do you remember your favourite? 
Oh, that's difficult to put down. I'll, I'll never forget the first one. Do you remember that date? September 4th, 1999. <laughs> what time was the show at? Two o'clock. <laughs> what was the venue? Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah. And you know what I'll never forget about the first one was my parents' reactions and the mistake I made. Okay, I don't know which one I want to go to first here. The parents' <laughs> reaction or the mistake? Well, first of all, my mother didn't know I was a lead. Um, oh, no so I, we kept that as a surprise until she was night. in the venue that night. Wow. So there were a team of people keeping that surprise for her. Okay, um, that must have been a proud moment for your mom. Ah, yeah, well, like, I, my dad said that she was crying her eyes out. It took her the first 16 bars to realize it was me. <laughs> for me then, I, I remember I messed up the run out for Riverdance. I don't know why I'll never forget that. Okay. That is the most memorable part of my opening performance or my first ever lead performance was that mistake. I do remember the the challenge that it gave me. Not only was this now my, my first lead, but I had to recover from something that to me was a, a massive, oh, absolute end of the huge. world. Yeah. 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 Finding the power to critique yourself and keep striving for better is incredibly important when you're a river dance dancer. But it does help when you have someone else on the team to give you criticism and encouragement. That person for Porrick was his now wife, Neve. I grew up around the corner from Neve. Yeah. In Dublin. Literally around the corner. Never met her before. My parents knew each other, but they weren't like great yeah, pals or anything. Is, yeah. My sister actually bought Neve's Irish dancing costume off her at one no stage. Um, and, you know, our, our my parents' mutual friends used to say to us, oh... Uh, say to me, do you know Neve O'Connor? She's in Riverdance. But we had three companies, Darren. We yeah. were all over the world. So eventually, anyway, uh, Neve got transferred to the same company that I was in. And she joined us in Las Vegas. I'll never forget, I was warming up for lead that night doing my usual rituals. And I went side stage left and I saw, I can still picture her. Her hair was so silky and shiny and blonde and she was wearing a black polo neck and black jeans, a brown belt and brown cowboy boots. And I remember being like, oh my God, who's that? You know, and it, she just, something, something clicked clicked with, with me anyway. And of course, then we were the friends a lot longer than I wanted it to be friends. Even during that friendship, before I ever had the opportunity to even kiss Neve, I, I knew I wanted to marry her. I knew she was the one for me if I was lucky enough to get her. Neve is fantastic. You've been to some of the best places in the world. Yeah, and, and to share that with the person you love, your life partner, yeah. is, is something that in many ways we took for granted when we were on the road. It's Absolutely. only now we realise it. Yeah. Did you did you know it was coming towards the end? When did you decide that the legs were weaning out or weaning in rather and that you, you thought that maybe my time is coming in terms of dancing? I think, I think for the most part, uh, Darren, it was the other opportunities that were presenting themselves. Yeah. Heartbeat yeah. of home was coming down the tracks. I got a great offer from John McColgan and Moya Doherty in terms of that. Um, I, I was ready for a new challenge and the the most important factor was Neve and I wanted to start a family. Yeah. And we did not want to have a family while we were on the road. On the road. Um, and that was really the most determining factor in terms of hanging up the shoes. But it, it, it never felt like I was hanging up the shoes until the shoes were hung up. You may have come off the stage, but you didn't go very, very far away from the stage park. I loved the new challenges. I remember John McCoggan talking to me in 2010 about this new show he's going to put together. And I remember sitting on the edge of my seat for every second he spoke. Yeah. He was so clear in his vision. He was so determined. He was so enthusiastic and passionate. Yeah. And I, I was bought in. 
and it's he's, exciting though when you hear those things you're buzzing oh, every buzzing. word yeah and, and he said you know you you can choreograph it and I said well hold on a second I mean what have I choreographed you know because right away I wanted it to be the best it could be yeah and he said well you could put something together so I said yeah well I'll put something together to show you and then if you like it then we can Make move forward. forward um at the time my mother was dying of cancer um yeah. pancreatic cancer and uh you remember we were rehearsing that in the Gaiety Theatre. We put on um, uh, a performance of it for John and Moya. And I remember going through that process and I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, I didn't love it and I didn't feel I was good enough at it. By all accounts, John and Moya and the team enjoyed what they saw or they saw enough in it that had potential. And um, John says, well, you're going you're gonna to work on it. And I actually said, no, I, I won't. Because I, I knew that, or I felt I wasn't good enough. And we came out of that. Everybody was happy, but I wasn't happy. So again, I went to John and I said, look, I'm out. Um, you need someone better in these roles than me. And when I said no to John that day, he said no back to me. <laughs> oh, okay. And I said, well, go and have a think about it, John. And before I'd even left the office, he says, no, 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 you have too much to offer here. I want you to be the associate director with me. Right then and there, something about what he was saying in terms of working alongside him, I knew that it would be a huge learning curve for me. And right away, I was excited by that aspect. Yeah. To work so closely with the entire creative team, to work so closely on the casting and the development and the creation of a show. And I thought to myself, like, like I felt I might have value to add there. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I didn't have to take, think long and hard about it. Yeah. I said, sure, John, I, I, I'd love to take on that role. Do you ever look up there, though, and think, I'd love to be back up there on a nightly basis? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I miss the stage. You, you know, when you work in the office, you don't have people applauding for you every five or six minutes. Yeah. I miss the crowd. I miss the camaraderie backstage. I miss the physical exertion. I miss the uh, challenge of going out there and trying to be better tonight than I was last night. Being honest with you, in this position now, I'll go in here tonight and I'll sit back and I'll watch this show. Enjoy, do you enjoy it? I, I just enjoy so much watching you guys out there and knowing what you're feeling and, and hoping to God that you guys realize what you're a part of and hoping to God that you guys realize that it won't last forever for you. Mm. I saw 956 people last year trying to audition to get into this show. 956 wow. dancers trying to take the places of everybody here. Where do you think they would sit among the cast in terms of when you join the show? I think we've always had world-class dancers. We continue yeah. to have world-class dancers. But what is staggering is the professionalism in which we approach the job. In fairness to those when I first joined, Although it was a job, we never knew when it was going to end, yeah. okay? Um, so we always kind of thought to ourselves, we have another year or yeah. a year. Now it's more like a career. Um, and I think that the mindset of the dancers coming in approach it like a career. So the attention to nutrition, the attention to mindset, to rest and recovery, to your physical fitness, um, all of those things attribute to making what I think, in Riverdance terms, making this generation that bit better.
Mm. It's just a, a really just a shift in how we see this job. It's it was it's not something that we were just doing. Yeah. It's now a career. And we all want to be the best at it. And that's what I love about the team of Riverdance is there's still a competitiveness oh, within the team. We have a new generation of dancers that have been bred through the show. And you've been a very, you know, pivotal part of this Riverdance summer school generation that we've decided to, to create and, and kind of invite into the show for the last three, four years. Does the new flock of talent that has been, you know, naturally put into the show over the last few years excite you looking forward? Well, does it excite you? It does. Scares me slightly too Good. because I'm nearly Good. 30. <laughs> Good. Because yeah. I, I, I would have went through that same fear, Darren, yeah. when you were coming into the show. And there was a great crop of boys that came in just alongside you. And I'll never forget it. Yeah, I went I on. The door on them, I <laughs> <laughs> but I went on for a DT one night, Darren, in Dublin. And I remember going up the steps and I was tired. And I looked across the line and I went, oh my God, I can't be tired when this level of talent is on the stage. And for you, hopefully you get that sense now. Yeah. Because that's what drives us forward. That's what pushes us to the next level. And you talk about the summer school and the amount of kids that are coming through that. What really excites me about the summer school, Darren, is when the current dancers that are in the show are the ones in there teaching the next generation. Mm. That's honestly to, to sit back and get the opportunity to see you guys passing on all that knowledge, you guys taking responsibility, having a sense of, uh, in some cases, ownership. So when these guys join the show, what do you automatically do? You go over and you encourage them because that's what you were doing in the summer school. Yeah. You have a, a, a feeling inside you that you're saying, I played a role in them being here. Orik, if we were to close the Riverdance door tomorrow, what would be the one thing you'd be proudest of? That's a, that's a really tough question. Sorry, I just threw that straight yeah, in there. There that, wasn't even a I think a, the, the a thing warning. I'd be most proud of is just being a part of it. I mean, the culture stems from the top. And uh, you have people like John and Moya and Bill and Julian. Um, and in many ways, they're, they're the ones responsible for this. And they made tough decisions along the way that we all know about. That really set the tone for what was to come. And this is a family. And they treat it like that. They've always stuck by that. That yeah. the show comes first. That the brand that is the show comes first. And everybody within it needs to fit within what that brand is. Mm -hmm. And um, we, they always just hire good people, people that appreciate being here, that want to be here, that have a fire in their bellies to stay here. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, 50 years from now, I just want to be able to say, I was so happy and proud to be part of that. On the next episode of the Riverdance podcast, we join Tara Howley. Just backstage now, getting ready for a two-show day. For her dancer diary, Plus, hear from lead dancer Lauren Smith. So I come from the festival Irish dance tradition. From a young age, I've always felt that, you know, I will be on river dance and I will be a lead dancer. Thank you very much for your addition, Tia. Unfortunately, you know, you're not going to be up to standard that is required. I have to speak up for myself here if I don't. What's going to happen? Thank God I came back to try a second time, you know. And how she made her river dance dream a reality. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And join me next time as Riverdance the Podcast brings you on tour.